Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Hugh Wizencroft from Stadium 974 in Qatar. Time to look back at Day 11 on World Cup Daily, where Argentina reached the last 16 after beating Poland 2-0. After being caught cold by Saudi Arabia in their opening game, the Copper American champions have little margin for error against the stubborn Polish side, yet to concede a goal at this tournament. Argentina with a chance here, Alvarez with a shot, blocked on its way through by Cash, and then the follow-up effort from Acuna, drills the left footy, shot towards the bottom corner and just wide, chipped back into the far post and headed over by Lionel Messi. And Argentina are convinced there that Chesney punched Messi as he came out to try and clear the cross. The referee has made the television symbol, he's pointed to the penalty spot. Messi, left footed and saved by Chesney! And Poland will feel justice is done. Just adding to the drama and the tension, and we love it on Talk Sport. Molina with a cross into the penalty area, and it's been steered in off the post by Alexis McAllister. Poland still sneaking through on goal difference. An equalising goal would change the picture again, wouldn't it? And it's a blistering strike from Julian Alvarez into the top corner. Goal scored, goals conceded. Head-to-head, it's a draw. So, what is the scenario? Yellow cards, I'm being told. What drama here on Talk Sport. Argentina, certainly no jeopardy for them anymore. They're tuning up and cruising into the knockout stages. And indeed, that is how it stayed in Group C. Argentina topped the table. Poland still qualify as runners-up, which, uh, I mean, at the end of that game, we almost didn't want them to. That's how bad they were tonight. We'll reflect on that in a moment. Mexico, of course, crash out on goal difference uh, despite beating Saudi Arabia 2-1. Argentina will play Australia in the last 16, and Poland will take on the holders, France. Stuart Pearce, the 1990 World Cup semi-finalist with England, alongside myself and Alex Crook, our commentator tonight. Stuart Messi, Lionel Messi and Argentina into the second round and they were impressive tonight weren't they they were they were given enough space to be impressive I've got to say but they were impressive the way they went about their business the the space they found in between the lines of Poland and Messi getting on the ball consistently little one-twos 
I would say back to his best, maybe not his best because of his age, but certainly had a real impact in the game. He seems, Alex Crook, to, to have the bit between his teeth, to be perfectly honest. We watched the game against Mexico. He was dropping deep a lot of the time. Mexico made it a lot harder defensively than Poland did tonight. Today, he was able to affect the game in the right areas. Yeah, and I think you have to, to give the coach credit for the changes that he made. Alvarez, as I mentioned before, did really well when he came on against Mexico. That uh, enabled Messi to try and find those little pockets in and around the penalty area that he loves to work with, and that worked to perfection tonight. That was much better from Argentina in terms of the whole package because the first half against Mexico was pretty dire. That was by far their most convincing uh, performance of the group stage so far. And Stuart Pearce and I have just been mapping out their route to a potential semi-final. You've mentioned that they will play um, Australia next. A lot of spirit about the Australians, but you'd expect Argentina to come through. And then it will be the Netherlands or the USA in a quarter-final. I think they'd have taken that at the start of the tournament. Yeah. That's quite an exciting uh, pathway, I think. I mean, it gets them, well, reasonably comfortably to the semi-final, which takes some doing. They've had to struggle a little bit at group stage, but that will sharpen their focus, I think. Don't look as though they've got any injuries in the group. He rotates the team every now and then, which is a good thing. And no suspensions. That's exactly the place you want to be if you're Argentina or any team qualifying. And good uh, good options to come off the bench as well. If mm-hmm. you can bring on people like Lataro Martinez, that is, that is decent. Squad depth, obviously, Lissandro Martinez didn't feature uh, at the back tonight either. So, having probably said a couple of days ago that Argentina don't look like a team that can win the World Cup, they might just be that team with growing confidence and growing stature as the tournament progresses. What are your thoughts on that, Stuart? Because one one question mark for me is, of course, five changes for the game against Mexico, uh, four changes again tonight, and you wonder whether Lionel Scaloni knows his best team yet, even though... They perform very well tonight. Well, there's two sides of that story. Not knowing your best team or putting any team out there that wins <laughs> That's good the game enough. comfortably. Yeah, yeah. The so Manchester City conundrum, I think they call that. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> you know, there is no A and B team. It's A and A minus. Let's say. Uh, what I would say with uh, with certainly Argentina pre this game, I've turned around and thought to myself, which teams do I think have got the credentials on what I've seen solely on what I've seen so far. And I said probably France and Brazil. I'm probably going to have to add Argentina to that as well. They'll take some beating by anybody. There's one thing I do need to mention tonight. The VAR decision. We saw in the first half Wojciech Szczesny of Poland save a penalty from Lionel Messi. A lot of people saw that as justice being done. Because what we essentially saw was a cross go into the box. Messi had it. The goalkeeper stretching for the ball. He didn't get it. His fingertips did go into Messi's face. Was it a late challenge? Not really. Was it an overly zealous, overly aggressive challenge from the goalkeeper? Not really. And yet VAR tonight saw fit to call the referee over to the screen. That in itself, for me, is a ridiculous decision. But for the referee to then overturn his decision of, I think, was a corner to a penalty, I think was one of the most ridiculous, pathetic VAR decisions that I have ever, ever seen. And I'm just thankful it didn't put Poland out because if it had gone on that, if he'd have scored the penalty, if it had finished 1-0, there would have been a lot of discussion about that decision. Yeah, when that goal, had it have gone in, would have been crucial to the outcome of the group. I, I agree with you, and I think Stuart said it in commentary as well. It's an outrageous decision, really, because... It's a goalkeeper trying to clear a cross. Messi's already headed over the crossbar by the time Chesney makes contact with him. I, I, I couldn't believe that the on-field referee 
um, and Paul van Bockel, uh, the Dutchman in charge of the VAR, both colluded to decide there was any kind of infringement. Absolutely outrageous. It, it, it worries you. It really does. And the only saving grace was the penalty save was magnificent. If that would have hit the back of the net, Poland go home, by the way. Mm. That is the, the implications and ramifications of a really harsh, poor decision. And the way the crowd were at it, I, I think we had a... When we saw the replay, we thought, no chance. When the pressure started building up in the stadium, we all got a sniff of, hang on, which way is this going? Maybe, the, maybe the, the pressure in the stadium, the atmosphere, got to the referee because it was essentially an Argentina home match. Their fans yeah. are still here singing, and it was, you know, 95% their fans, and maybe that got to the referee? Well, it shouldn't do. You know, if you're being influenced as a referee at this level, then you're probably in the wrong job, It, to be it shouldn't have gone back to the referee on the pitch, should it? VAR should have dealt with it and said... No penalty. It's not even Absolute, a penalty. Absolutely. You've, well done, you've got the right decision in the first place. It could be a good omen, though, for Argentina. TalkSport just tweeted this. Uh, 1978, Mario Kempes missed a penalty in uh, Argentina's third game. They won the World Cup. 1986, Diego Maradona missed a penalty in the third game. Argentina win the World Cup. <laughs> 2022? Well, it could be. It could be, because I think over the last two games, we have seen an Argentina side... That is taking shape, you have to say. Um, and they will go on and face, I think, you know, we've already said it, a pretty comfortable game against the Australians. Poland go through to the knockout stages, Stuart Pearce. What is your immediate reaction to that? Uh, they've got another game. That's probably <laughs> the best I can say to lift them. Look, whatever you do to get out of the group stages, you do. And if you get out, credit to you. But... The performance was really poor and the the obstacle waiting for him in, in the round of 16 is absolutely enormous, you know. Might be even tougher than what they've faced tonight and they've got to find a way of doing better and having a better impact in the game. They will, of course, face France on Sunday. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, they should be embarrassed a little bit, I think, the, the, the Poland players. I know it's a big deal. They've not got out of a group since 1986. They failed to do so in each of their last three appearances at the World Cup finals. But if you produce a performance like that, and then you celebrate like you've won the World Cup a full time. I think you should be a little, well, bit, hold, little look, bit hold, hold, hold on a second. It's knockout football from here on out. Anything can happen. A magical run it for can't. a country. It a can't. Con <laughs> a magical run. Absolutely can't. For a country like Poland means a lot. But all I'm saying is you've got to get out of the group to get to that stage where anything can happen. They don't it, deserve to, to get out of the group. On the course of their three games, they've been pretty turgid. Here we go. One of the worst teams ever to qualify for the <laughs> knockout rounds of a World Cup. You just wanted that line, didn't you? OK, well, they will face the French at the weekend. Earlier in Group D, uh, France boss Didier Deschamps fielded a, a weakened team. They were beaten in an important match, um, has such context against Tunisia. The holders, though, still qualify as group winners, as I say, and will take on Poland. Australia beat Denmark, OK? Graham Arnold's side now reached the second round. The Aussies play Argentina next. The Danes finish bottom of the group. But let's reflect on Denmark. Because Denmark are one of the most disappointing sides for many people in this tournament so far. Of course, so much was said about the magical return to this level of, of Christian Eriksen, especially after what has happened, what you witnessed, Alex Crook, at the Euros last summer. It has been a remarkable story for him just to get back to the World Cup, and we cannot take any of, of that away from him. But in terms of the football, Kasper Hulman's side did not show up in this competition. 
No, they didn't, and uh, I, I wonder the reasons for that. I was having a, a chat quite early in the tournament with a, a Danish television journalist at our hotel, and he was saying that the mood back home in terms of this World Cup is really negative. Yeah. Lowest travelling contingent of Danish fans that he could remember at any major tournament. The fans who were travelling were getting grief back home for doing so. I think the players obviously were trying to make their protest. They got stopped from uh, wearing human rights T-shirts in training. And he, he feared, even before that first game that we covered against Tunisia, brilliant atmosphere as it was uh, from the Tunisian fans, that all that might get to the players and therefore they might just underperform and not live up to their true talents. And maybe he was right. I think a lot of people were sort of half-tipping Denmark to be sort of dark horses. I think there was a lot of emotional support because of Ericsson. And for whatever reason, whether there were side issues there or not, the bottom line is their performances weren't good enough and, uh, and they're on the way home. Goalless draw against Tunisia, a 2-1 defeat to France and beaten by Australia today. And Australia win two matches in the group. There were reports of thousands of fans, 2.30am, watching big screens in Melbourne. The Socceroos through to the knockout stage is massive for Australian football. It's a brilliant, brilliant performance by them. I mean, I watched the game against France and they got absolutely annihilated yeah. by France, especially in the wide areas, you know, with Mbappé and, and Dembele. But the one thing the Aussies did, even though they were getting beaten in the game and beaten thoroughly, they stuck with it. They had a real sort of hard note it would have been easy for their players to go and hide they never did that I mentioned that in commentary and that spirit the Aussie spirit in sport has probably got them over the line and out the group and credit to them for it we will have those matches for you this weekend um, as the I think half now of the round of 16 takes shape the Netherlands against the United States will be on Saturday that's 3pm uh, kickoff your time 7pm kickoff between Argentina and Australia on Saturday and then on Sunday France against Poland uh, that is also at 3pm and then a 7pm kickoff between England and Senegal so when we're getting to we're getting through to yeah the juices are flowing for the knockout football already you know yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think by the time the quarterfinals come around, we are going to be left with eight really good teams. I think eight powerhouses uh, of world and European football because I think all of the big guns uh, will go through. I know there's some doubt about Germany tomorrow, but they'll have too much for Costa Rica. So I think, uh, as with any tournament, as we get into the knockout rounds, I think it's going to be absolutely thrilling on TalkSport. OK, yeah. well, go I've, ahead, Stuart. I've got to echo that. I, you know... I think it's building up. I think we've got a brilliant day tomorrow as well. You yeah. know, we've had a couple of upsets earlier on today and uh, we're, we're hanging on for bookings today. It's, it's, there's so many twists and turns in this still to come. We'll talk a little bit about the England camp. Uh, we will also, up next on TalkSport, hear from an angry Roberto Martinez as he has claimed the Belgian press are trying to divide the country. Stay with us. You're listening to the TalkSport World Cup Daily Podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. It's crunch time in World Cup Group D. All comes down to this. There was a risk of a French lesson for Tunisia here in Education City. Here come Australia on the counter-attack. McGree over the halfway line. Lecky could be clear on goal. He's darting into the penalty area. Twisting, shooting and scoring! Casper Lusk continue into the penalty oh! area. Oh, what a goal! A brilliant goal from Wilby Casri! And Australia are into the last 16 of a World Cup for the first time since 2006. The world champions are beaten. It is another surprise. Tunisia can celebrate a victory over the world champions. In the end, it is not enough to take them through. Anything could happen in this group. And if this afternoon was anything to go by, we're in for a night of high drama. Messi, left-footed and saved by Chesney. And Poland will feel justice is done. Mexico's World Cup hopes are alive and kicking. Two minutes into the second half, they lead Saudi Arabia by a goal to nil. Lina with a cross into the penalty area, and it's been steered in off the post by Alexis McAllister. Mexico 2 0 up. Mexico needed a four goal swing. And it's a blistering strike from Julian Alvarez. One moment that changed the destiny of Mexico and Poland. And they've got a chance here to knock Mexico out. They've scored! Goal for Saudi Arabia. Mexico are going out of the World Cup. Saudi Arabia won, Mexico two. This is Hugh Wizardcroft. This is World Cup Daily. I'm alongside the former England defender Stuart Pearce and Alex Crook reflecting on the day that was. You heard a little bit of it there. Argentina and Poland qualifying for the knockout stages after a 2-0 win for the South Americans. Argentina play Australia. Poland will take on France next. But you've got to say the Polish advanced by the skin of their teeth. Goal difference, would you believe? Probably thanks to that first half. Lionel Messi at miss a save from the Polish keeper Wojciech Szczesny. Kept his side in it. And in fact took them through to the knockout stages. But uh, as I mentioned, taking on France next will be a very, very tricky game for them. Elsewhere, let's look ahead. Belgian manager Roberto Martinez. Um, he's been speaking ahead of their crucial clash against Croatia tomorrow. That's live on TalkSport at 3 p.m. He spoke strongly about the story surrounding some dressing room drama within his squad. I've got too many things to do in camp that for me to think... Where the story comes, but it's, what is clear is that whoever's come up with it, whoever's done it, is, is scored a great goal, an own goal for Belgium, really, because that's what I would do. If, if I'm 
an opposition, if I can get weakened sides and out of the tournament, I would do that as a journalist. I would love to win my own World Cup instead of supporting my team, and try to weaken my team, whoever's done it. It's genius. So negative stories written about the relationships between the players, if you like, in that Belgium squad. Roberto Martinez not very happy with it. Shouldn't really be happy with his team's performances so far. They beat Canada by a goal to nil in their opening game. Didn't perform very well. Canada were very good in that match. They were beaten 2-0 by Morocco. And now in terms of the table, it's a risk in that final game because they are third in their group, taking on Croatia, who are top. Both of them know victory will guarantee their progression, but it is a very difficult one. And I'm sure Roberto Martinez didn't want it to come down to that final match. But let's Stuart Pearce reflect on what he had to say there. He didn't really deny a rift in the camp. He essentially just pointed at the journalists and said, you're trying to divide us. You're trying to, to score an own goal, if you like, for, for the country. You're not helping. No, I mean, we've got a team here that's probably underachieved for the some parts. You know, we were expecting them to have a real tilt at some of these major trophies. And, and whilst they've got to some of the latter stages, they've not really been close enough for the talent that they've got in, in the squad, if you like. Um, it's a frustration for a manager when things leak out or you've got to deal with problems that aren't football-related problems and he'll be under a little bit of pressure because of the results and because of the performances. But um, it's obviously they, they've had a problem within the dressing room. There's no doubt about that. And uh, someone's leaked it out. And it, it, as I say, it's an unwelcome distraction. In terms of big teams being knocked out, I haven't really seen one yet, but that will be the first if Belgium go out against Croatia tomorrow. And again, Croatia, another side who we haven't really seen the best of, maybe ageing a little bit, similarly to Belgium. And it's the last chance, I think, for the runners-up of four years ago. I think we saw the best of them against Canada uh, when they came from behind. I, I was really impressed uh, with their ruthlessness and how clinical they were in front of goal. They've got a genuine world star in, in, in Luka Modric. They look a unit. They look cohesive. They look united. Uh, all the things that Belgium don't. And I can understand why their attention's uh, in the dressing room because they've been really poor uh, to this point. Uh, it's an ageing side. Obviously, a lot of focus has been on Eden Hazard and his fitness problems. Kevin De Bruyne, uh, for me, has, has disappointed. So mm. it doesn't surprise me that he's one of the players allegedly involved in this bust-up. So I think there's every chance, actually, that, that, that Belgium crash out. And probably uh, that will be it for Roberto Martinez because I think his contract is up at the end of this tournament mm. anyway. OK, let's move on. White and Jordan securing an exclusive interview with the former Spurs boss Mauricio Pochettino out here in Qatar. Uh, he was here watching his beloved Argentina, of course. He played for his country at the 2002 World Cup and told TalkSport that in terms of his coaching career, he has still got unfinished business in England and wants to return to management soon. I, I miss him. I miss him to be in the dugout, in the touchline, uh, sharing with the, with the player, the adrenaline that that uh, give to you and you know the emotions that you you feel yes but uh, i decide to to stay a little bit waiting um, until after the the world cup to see what is happen after i needed recovery also and of course i think it's a nice time to to learn and it's a nice time to watch football live a different experience but for sure uh, after the world cup i it's like a deep down, deep down that to, yes, you start to feel that you want to be again involved in the game. I love England. I am living in between London and Barcelona, more in London and Barcelona. But it's like my, my, my house, my home. You know, uh, I love to be in England.
Um, I think the Premier League is one of the best, or if not the best league in the world. It's so competitive. And of course, uh, if that is the possible appeal, for sure, uh, we will think uh, in, in to, to take. Mauricio Pochettino there, the former Spurs and Paris Saint-Germain boss, wants to return to management soon. Alex Crook, you actually spoke to him for that interview. You caught him in a good mood. I caught him in a great mood. Uh, it was nice to see him. Uh, got to know him quite well when he was at Southampton. So um, obviously our paths haven't crossed much recently, but I sense that he is full of energy, uh, feels refreshed after the break that he's had, and I think it won't be too long until we see him back in a job. Obviously heavily hinted there that the Premier League uh, would be a preferred destination. I wonder if Gareth Southgate was to leave at the end of this tournament, if he would be a contender for that England job as well. I know that's probably controversial in the eyes of a lot of England supporters because he's Argentinian, um, but I know he's got backers uh, at senior level at the FA, so maybe that's one to keep an eye on. Any comments, Stuart Pearce? Um, I mean, whenever I've come across him, I really like him. I like him as a man, to be honest with you. I think he's very, Great very guy. level. Really level as a man. He don't get too washed away and too excited. I don't see him as a self-publicist, as a person or a manager. And I really like that side of him. And his coaching staff as well seem really good people That when, whenever we've been in their company. It's no surprise to me that top managers want to come and manage in the Premier League. Yeah. It's a brilliant, brilliant place to, to be. It's well paid. You're working with some of the best talents around the world. So there's no surprise there. And very quickly today, some news from the England camp, some sad news as well. Arsenal defender Ben White has left the World Cup training base in Qatar for personal reasons. He isn't expected to return for the rest of the tournament, going back home after departing the squad's camp. We wish him the very, very best. But Stuart Pearce, sad news for England in terms of what they might be able to have done on the pitch with Ben White. Yeah, it's really sad. He's been on magnificent form this year. He's a player who can play right back, can play in the centre of defence, uh, can offer himself in different positions. He deserved his place in the squad. And, you know, from, from sort of all of our uh, thoughts at TalkSport, we hope that everything's not too bad there. And w whatever the problem is, we, we respect his privacy. Absolutely. We wish Ben White well. Just to let you know, coming up, plenty of live action across the TalkSport network. 3 p.m., that game between Croatia and Belgium in Group F will be live for you on TalkSport. The other game, obviously, in Group F going on at the same time, Canada against Morocco. That is live for you on TalkSport 2. 7 o'clock kickoff on TalkSport 2. It's Japan against Spain in Group E, and we will find out if the Germans make it through to the knockout stages as they face Costa Rica live on TalkSport. 7 p.m. kickoff, and don't forget, World Cup Daily Podcast, uh, available to download on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. It's going to be there each and every morning throughout the tournament in Qatar. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.